Digital Marketing Radio, episode 229. Four steps to take before spending any money on online ads. Digital Marketing Radio with David Bain. Brought to you in partnership with SEMrush, I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio. The show for marketers who want to stay on top of the latest tools, tactics and trends from today's modern marketing masters. Are you currently running online ads, but you're struggling to make them profitable? Maybe you've even pulled back some of your paid campaigns because you just can't get them to convert as much as you'd like. Do you even know which of your ads are working? In today's episode of Digital Marketing Radio, I'm joined by a self-confessed e-commerce megalomaniac. He set up his own digital marketing agency just three and a half years ago, and in that time, he's already spent over $50 million in campaigns for clients. He's the CEO of Digital Rocket. Welcome to DMR, Ivan Yanku. Thank you so much, David. Yeah, thanks um, for coming on, Ivan. Great to have you on. You can find Ivan over at digitalrockets.marketing. Um, so, Ivan, you were kind enough to share a document that you've produced with me beforehand called Maximizing Revenue by Plugging Profit Leaks. Can you give me an overview of what's included and why you wrote it? So we just decided to compile a list of things that most marketing agencies, companies, and individuals don't do before launching ads. And everybody's just focusing on the front end and not they're just disregarding the back end. And th the main thing that we started implementing in the last year and a half is actually working with the client and developing systems, the back end to gather data, analyze data, and just figure out what the user wants. So those, that whole PDF is going to help anyone to set up those systems, to understand how the, the tracking is going to work. And it's just going to help them generate a lot more sales with their existing traffic sources. Great. Okay, so I've um, had a look through the document. So let's dive into some very specific advice from there um, that we can give the listener um, really actionable tips on on what they can do before spending any more, more money on online ads. So um, can the four areas that, that, that we picked out beforehand, um, number one, big brother level tracking. What is that and what do people have to do to implement it? So I'm just going to go quickly over it. There's a lot more data in the PDF. Uh, the whole point is that uh, a lot of businesses just start running ads without setting up their tracking and their pixels. And then it's a nightmare to actually get something to work. So first of all, I suggest that anyone that has a business, doesn't matter which business, even if you're not running ads, you should set up a Facebook pixel because you might decide later to do that. And the pixel can remember people up to 180 days. You can do that simply by adding like a plugin, something pixel my website like a couple of steps and it's done. Another thing that I do suggest for everyone is to check out all of the options and all of the, the conversions somebody can perform. So maybe they can sign up for a newsletter or something like that. A lot of businesses don't track that while they have an installed pixel. All data is going to be important. Now, there's going to be a couple of advanced things that I also suggest. So if you have a subscription option, you should also track that because I see most businesses tracking equally the subscription and the one of sale. And of course, a subscription is going to be much more valuable to you. So you, when you're running your ads and you see that you got one sale, but it's a subscription, I would push that even further. Um, that's just the basic stuff. Uh, if you're not sure if your pixel is running accordingly, you should install Facebook Pixel Helper. It's a free Chrome extension. It's going to show exactly what's firing where. And it's going to completely uh, allow you to understand if you install the pixel uh, properly. Um, and then the last thing that I would mention is dynamic product ads. That's a thing that's been around for years now. And I still see a lot of businesses not running it. Dynamic product ads are using a, a catalog option in the Facebook's backend. 
So you can set it up by uh, just downloading uh, or installing a plugin called Flexify. And it's automatically going to set up the, the technical stuff like the catalog and all of that by downloading your Shopify data. You have the exact thing for WordPress. I just cannot remember the name of the plugin. Uh, mm -hmm. But but basically, the, the dynamic product ads are going to be a remarketing system that's exactly going to show the person who visited your product, the product again in a sequence. But as well, it's going to show you, uh, as as you decide to set it up, you can cross-sell other project uh, products. You can uh, show them only pro products that are for males or females. It, it is an insanely powerful tool but the main reason why is so usually the most profitable campaign you're going to run is because it's a completely different category it's not a conversion campaign it's a catalog sale so it has a completely different algorithm and it has a completely different pricing structure so i mean obviously we're talking about um, getting your pixel uh, installed and the importance of doing that do you recommend something like google tag manager to install and to to manage the pixel or if not something else I, I'm just concerned that a lot of people that don't have experience with it are going to mess up something somewhere. So my suggestion is if you can first set up something like a plugin that's automatically going to do everything for you, that's going to be the best option. But if not, Google Tag Manager is a solution that we used before as well. Okay, so if you're using WordPress, you recommend a specific plugin that will just yeah. um, have your pixels installed. And um, is, it, is it generally in the, in the footer or the header that you, you have that? We try and header because it's going to load faster. So it, uh, it's kind of capture more people. And there's no issues generally with um, it stopping um, certain aspects of the page loading? Well, uh, in my opinion, it should never, but it really depends on what you did. I would always check. Okay, okay. So, so, so generally th these pixels are not going to take much time to load at all. So just make sure that you're tracking as much information as possible, as quickly as possible. So I have them in your header. Exactly. Okay, great. Um, so... Step number two, or point number two that we're covering here is the post-purchase feedback loop. So what is that all about? So a lot of business owners and marketers try guessing what the, the person that they're targeting is going to want and what's going to be relevant to them. And one of the things that we implemented like three years ago is actually gathering data from people that bought our products. So it's basically every, for example, somebody bought something from you, two weeks later, they get an email asking to fill out a survey. We usually give 10% off on their next purchase as well as a retention tool and as an incentive for them to actually fill out the survey. But the value of that data is incredible. And especially for businesses that are starting young or they they've never done something like this, some of the answers to those questions can completely surprise you. So we have a story from, from 2017 where we started working with the business that just started. So they were selling wax warmers. And like me and my business partner are all males and the business owner is male, but our target audience was females. And then we did our male spin to it. So we we thought that because the wax warmers don't have an open flame, they're going to be safe and all of that. And we started promoting that intensively and we didn't see any anything better than what we ran before. And then we decided to run this forced purchase feedback survey and we realized that moms, especially young moms, were more interested in organic, natural and colorful than actually safety. Now, it was kind of implied that the product was safe, so I don't know if that was irrelevant to them or it was uh, it was so easy for them to pick up on that they didn't even think about it. So, But when we started pushing that 100% organic, 100% natural stamps everywhere and in our copy and our images and our videos, we got about a 20% boost in sales just from wow. that. okay. Brilliant. And so even the owner was surprised. Let's talk a little bit about the specifics of getting something like that set up. Um, 
do you recommend having it on a on on a thank you page as soon as someone's completed a transaction? Do you have it in a follow up email? How many questions are appropriate to have in your survey to ensure that you get as many people as pos- possible answering the survey? Well, I wouldn't set it up right away when they bought it because you want them to have an experience with the product first. So you want them to give you actual valuable data. Then the next step, uh, I would suggest through email. That should be the best thing uh, for it. And it's kind of the easiest thing to set up. But from my opinion, five to 10 questions should be more than enough. We also set up a PDF that I can send you with with our top like 20 questions that anyone can copy and paste into their systems. Uh, Some of the best questions, in my uh, opinion, are always the simplest ones. Why did you buy this product? Why was what was important in your buying decision for about this product? Uh, what did you use before deciding to switch to us? And uh, would they refer you to somebody? Brilliant. Those are the most common four. Love, love, really specific um, advice like that. Uh, and what about um, time scale wise? Are you talking about roughly two weeks after purchase sending the email? Well. I, I would usually say yes, that 100%, but because of COVID, shipping times are kind of an issue. So it really depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there is a system where you can even set it up so they, they uh, get an email a week after the, uh, the parcel is delivered to them. So, that, so the main point is that to be sure that they receive the product and then they give their opinion. Brilliant, brilliant, love it. Okay, and is there any particular software that you're using to deliver the survey that you're liking at the moment? Um, no, we wanted to, but the main issue is that uh, every business we start working with has their own systems, their own uh, emailing system, okay. and then we kind of, we just decided to let that and them figure that out because we didn't like out of the like, thirty businesses we work together, not one is using the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, that must be a bit of a challenge. Okay, we, point number three is um, where exactly are you losing your sales? And we, we've highlighted heat maps as a possible solution to that. Exactly. So heat maps are one of the things that businesses almost never install. And it's one of the most important things you can do. Um, the heat maps are basically going to record every single session on your website. So you can actually know who did what, where they looked at, what did they highlight, if they read something or just skimmed over. Uh, it is going to help you understand what was uh, what they were looking at, where they got stuck. Or, if, for example, if you have a problem on your website. So... I think a year and a half to two years ago, we started working with a brand from LA. It was an influencer girl that started her own clothing brand. And she hired multiple agencies before us to generate sales for her. And she was really doing well at wholesale, but her B2C marketing never caught up. And everybody failed before us. So we we started running ads and we weren't sure what was happening. We got a lot of ad to carts, but almost no sales. We got a couple of sporadic, but not nearly as what it should happen. Then we installed heat maps. Now, Again, we have a procedural agency system. So anytime we learn something, we add it to the procedure. So this was the first time we added that then. And basically what happened was uh, we, didn't, we the heat map showed us that every second or third time somebody adds a product to the cart, the whole cart gets deleted. So no wonder that nobody was actually buying her from her website because they couldn't. And mm-hmm. she spent thousands and thousands of dollars And there were a lot of people that still wanted to buy the product. They just couldn't. So they were going to buy from wholesale. So when we fixed that, her whole business 20x in less than a year. That's incredible. I'm sure there's many examples of people like that who just think that online advertising isn't working for them. But it's something simple that's broken on their website that's that's stopping the whole procedure working. Exactly. Um, So in, in terms of software, I've used Hotjar quite a bit in the past. Do you recommend Hotjar? Is there another type of software that you recommend instead? 
Kodjar is awesome. Lucky Oranges as well, awesome. I would even look at always something else because that's an industry that's going to be developing more and more because of all of the updates and all of the changes that's going to be happening to the industry. I would also look at uh, a couple the, the new softwares that are going to come out. I really expect that somebody's going to do a disruption here. Okay, okay, and the number four point of how to ensure that your online ads are are performing as effectively as possible is to have a trustworthy website so so how does having a trustworthy website make a big difference and what do you do to your website to make it appear more trustworthy yeah so a lot of businesses are just trying to pour water into a leaky bucket now if people don't feel safe if they don't understand how your business works or what is guiding the business uh, like rules if it's 100 money back guarantees or something like that they want to, to know that and i saw a lot of businesses especially now this year that i started consulting a lot more i saw a lot of businesses that have all of these benefits but they're not clearly communicating them so clearly communicating with images with stamps with icons is going to be really important. So if you have, uh, for example, let's say 100% money back guarantee or 100% organic, natural, or sustainable, you should add it to the product, you should add it to the cart page, and you should add it to the checkout process as well, wherever you can. Now, it doesn't mean that it's going to help everywhere. I know it sounds repetitive and that it's going to treat people like they're not figuring it out. But in my opinion, when they pull out their card and they're supposed to type out, type in their information, they're thinking about, is this the right thing for me? So anything that get, they can they can have as a bad idea of what can happen to them needs to be engaged at that point. You need to tell them that they're safe, that it's going to be okay, and that worst case, you're going to refund their money. When you implement that, you can expect way better results. And again, if you're spending already money on advertisement or if you already are just doing SEO, for example, you want to convert as many people as possible. So that's the first thing that I would do. Second thing that I would also do is add additional payment options. So I see a lot of businesses just having Stripe or just having PayPal. It's not enough. People need to have a lot of options. So if you can add Apple Pay, Google Pay, if you can add Venmo, it's going to help a lot. So Venmo uh, is really interesting because it breaks up the payments into multiple smaller payments. Now we tested this with this project, project uh, business with a business that has maybe twenty dollars per pro, uh, product cost, and and for some reason my Google Assistant turned on when I started talking about her. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, I, I, I love it when people say things like "Hey Alexa," or, or <laughs> "Sorry people, if I've uh, started some of your devices," but um, it's uh, the nature of the modern world we live in. <laughs> Exactly. It's always listening to us. But yeah, Venmo, when people see Venmo, they feel more relaxed. And ironically enough, in places where we added Venmo as a payment option, even though people haven't been using Venmo, it did impact the per-conversion per of sales. Right. Look, I, I loved it when you also said incorporate as part of the, the purchase process, the checkout process, um, things that um, will demonstrate trust. So uh, I, I would assume things like testimonials or answering common queries or questions or concerns that that purchaser might have at that moment in time. Um, are you also a fan of um, maybe adding a quick survey question um, at a moment within the checkout process if someone appears to be paused or, or, or not proceeding? 
well, we tried doing that and we're just uncomfortable of ha- giving people too many options at the moment when we just want them to complete the purchase. Mm. So, and what we did is we set up uh, as a standard procedure to have a two-step checkout process. So first you add your uh, information, ideally your phone number and email, and then you add your credit card and everything else. And the main reason why you should set it up like that is because if somebody bounces at the moment that when they're supposed to add their payment info, you can reach out to them and ask why. Now, a lot of businesses are comfortable with doing this, but just keep in mind that your competition is going to do this and then they're going to be ahead of you. Okay, okay. And in terms of adding trust as well, um, is it generally recommended to add third-party logos that people would recognize, maybe um, visa symbols, maybe branded names of review sites on your website as well so people can associate your brand with them? 100%. So if you have something like Captera Review for software, you have something like Trustpilot, I would add it there as well. Super. Right, well, let's segue on to the second part of our conversation. So it's now time for um, Ivan's thoughts on the state of digital marketing today. So let's start off with... Secret software. So Ivan, share a lesser-known MarTech tool that's bringing you a lot of value at the moment and why that tool is important for you. So I wouldn't say this one is a lesser known tool, but we use SEMrush a lot. And we didn't even know this was the sponsor of the podcast. So it's it's not on purpose. But the main thing that we always try is figuring out if a client that we're onboarding has already a good stream of traffic. And tools like SEMrush help us. And sometimes even the client doesn't know that the, that the website is referring traffic to them. So tools like that are going to give us a better understanding where the existing traffic pool is coming from. And then we can sit down and figure out the way how we can utilize the traffic to get, generate a lot more data and scale the business faster. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, well, I'm not really a sponsor uh, in partnership with uh, with it, with mm-hmm. SEMrush, which means that um, um, they will help to hopefully drive traffic towards the podcast as well and a um, um, little bit of a win-win relationship there. But um, yeah. it's, it's, it's a wonderful tool and um, really useful for many different types of marketers um, going on there. It's funny, the tool used to be hyper-relevant just to SEOs maybe five years ago, but there are so many different aspects of the tool that have evolved and developed. It's certainly worthwhile any marketer checking it out but um let's um now um give you an opportunity to give a little bit of credit to someone else who deserves it someone um who would be good to follow on uh, social media perhaps so a magical marketer who's an up-and-coming marketer that you would like to give a shout out to uh, what can we learn from them and where can we find them so I recently watched a couple of episodes of Nick Shackleford, uh, where he just has exact same understanding of marketing as we do an exact same learning process, where he just has systems and procedures and they just accumulate data and accumulate wins until they get a successful marketing strategy. Um, I think that one of the biggest issues in this industry right now is that everybody's trying to sell a magic like silver bullet and that that's going to be the solution of, to all of your problems, even though this is a science for itself. So I think that his uh, approach to all of it is uh, a really good one. And I think that there should be more marketers like him. Lovely. Okay, looking at uh, LinkedIn, I can find him on LinkedIn there. Just search for um, Nick Shacklesford. Uh, His job title is managing partner of, he calls it Facebook's premier growth partner. Uh, It's a company called um, Structured, Structured Social. Um, So great stuff. So I will certainly include the link to him um, within the show notes. But let us move on to... The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Just two rules here. Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So use it wisely. Are you ready? Yes, Captain. (laughs) TikTok or Twitter? 
Twitter. Facebook or LinkedIn? Facebook. YouTube or podcast? Both. Traffic or leads? Leads. Paid search or SEO? Paid. Ads or influencers? Ads. Google ads or Facebook ads? I already wasted my both Facebook ads. <laughs> Email or chat? Email. Martech stack or all-in-one platform? Neither. Oh, okay. <laughs> One-to-one or scale? Uh, scale. Okay, that was maybe a little bit of a struggle towards the end, but we got there. Uh, you said <laughs> both for YouTube and podcast. Uh, it's, and then we came down to Facebook ads or Google ads, and you really wanted to say both there as well. So are, are you finding just as much value from Google ads as, as, as Facebook ads? Yeah, so a lot of the times Google is going to give you options that Facebook won't and vice versa. So we always try combining different strategies of like if we're going to use Facebook as the main growth source, we want to have Google supporting it. So one of the strategies that we frequently use is if we don't have a specific interest, we just generate a lot of traffic from a specific keyword search. For example, we use JewelVape in one instance and we just led it to one page. And then when we populated that page with enough traffic, we just told Facebook to make a look like of it. And that's how we generate interests that that Facebook doesn't want us to use. That's a lovely, lovely piece of advice there. Go back and listen to that um, for the last 30 seconds or so, listener. Just rewind and listen to that again. Um, because what you're saying, in essence, is use two different ad pl platforms in conjunction with each other. And if you perhaps can't define a very specific audience on one platform, maybe Facebook ads, define the audience closely on um, another platform that does let you do that, maybe Google Ads, um, lets you obviously define that audience based upon search history, keyword phrases that someone searched for over the last week or so, um, build that audience, um, drive that traffic to your website, uh, build that audience on Facebook um, by using the pixel on your website, and then build a matched audience. Did I get that right in summary? Yeah, I think that uh, most businesses are just using all of the platforms as a one-off. And I think that you shouldn't. You should always try to combine all of the strength, strong points of each platform and just make a super machine that can mow down everything in front of it. <laughs> Great piece of advice. So let's move on to the $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I would spend it on either coaching or either software. So automation is going to be something that's going to be really important for, for every business. Um, there's a lot of tools that are popping up left and right. And I would look at that because, if again, if you can automate something, it's going to be faster and more reliable than having a VA do it. Um, and that's just my, the first thing that comes to mind. But as well, we invest a lot of money into uh, coaching. And sometimes we only get one or two pieces of advice that are really important. But th that also stacks up with time. So it's not just that like you pay $1,000 for one coaching session. It is going to give dividends longer and longer. So how as do you, you actually it. decide on what coach to use or what subject you want to learn more about? Well, it really depends and really changes quite fast. So we're adding services. For example, we added this year Pinterest and we are using it as a top of funnel. So when we decided to do that, first thing we did was we pulled a lot of courses and we started learning from experts. 
on it. And then when we get stuck, we reach out to somebody that has experience in it and we either pay for their time or we make an arrangement with them. They help us understand something so we can get to the higher level faster. Because why would we go with a slow slow lane and learn everything by making mistakes when we can pay somebody to teach us from theirs? So do you believe in just-in-time learning and you only want to learn something if you're definitely going to implement it? Um, no. Like, we frequently learn things that then we decide is not going to be used. So I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that. Um, I just think that uh, when you're learning something, you need to figure out how to uh, add it as a new layer to your business and not just keep it as a one-off add-on that's going to be there if somebody decides to, that they want it. Okay, well, so far we've been focusing on your thoughts on what you're currently doing with your digital marketing activities. But um, now, for my final question, I'd like to focus on what you're going to do next. Next on the list. So what's one marketing activity or tool that you haven't tried yet, but you want to test soon? So we're looking at a lot of different tools. Right now, Get Telever is going to be something that we're interested in. Um, main issue is that Facebook and Google and all of them are going through a phase like where there's a lot of new laws being implemented. The tracking is going to be changed to so the iOS 14 update, even though it's pushed for late uh, spring. It is it was supposed to happen now. So that's one of the issues that we need to start preparing for. Another is just the 28-day tracking. Uh, was disabled so we only have now seven day tracking so the results we got reported from facebook before are now way way smaller so things like that are going to help us better understand uh, what's happening with the traffic what's generating the real value and where to continue investing in what was that software that you just mentioned there um you said something like get elever yeah we're just looking at it. We didn't even go deeper in it, but either that or a couple of other softwares that are going to give us a higher level of understanding what's happening with the traffic and what extent the traffic is converting. One of the main issues is that, for example, we worked with a big software company and we spent a huge amount of money on Facebook and on Google. Facebook was reporting 5 million revenue. Google analysts were reporting 1 million revenue when we had like 3 million revenue. So problems like that especially exist with bigger spending clients and bigger revenues. So the software solutions for that are going to be really important in this year and coming, and in the coming years. Well, um, superb stuff. Well, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just ask you for those links um, to the software recommendations that you made, and I'll make sure that they're included in the show notes um, afterwards. Um, of course, you mentioned as your magical marketer, Nick Shacklesford. I'll also include um, a link to him as well. And anything else we discussed there um, within the YouTube video uh, in the show description and of course in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com You have been listening to Ivan Yanku from Digital Rocket who in today's uh, episode of Digital Marketing Radio has shared so much value um, based upon that great PDF that you shared um, that I'll of course incorporate within the show notes um, as well um, Ivan, um, what's the best social platform for someone um, to follow you and to, to say hi? LinkedIn so far because we're posting a lot of videos there with with teachings and learnings as well but they can also find me on Facebook and feel free to reach out wonderful stuff well um, I'll also include uh, a link to that in the show notes as well I've been your host David Bain you can also find me producing podcasts for B2B brands over at castingcred.com if you want to watch the next episode live, subscribe on Digital Marketing Radio on your YouTube channel. That's probably the best place to go just now. And if you're already listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you're listening, tell a friend. It's good to share. Until we meet again, stay hungry, stay foolish, and stay subscribed. Aloha. DigitalMarketingRadio.com 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 
Digital Marketing Radio, digitalmarketingradio.com.